The following is not intended for younger audiences. The opinions expressed do not reflect the views of the podcaster's employers. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy the one and only Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Welcome, welcome everyone to Two Dudes, One Double Feature, the show in which two dudes talk two films, and that is about it. I am Dude One, Richard. And I'm Dude Two, Joe. And fun fact, I can only see so much of Joey's face right now. Yeah. The eyes are just gone now. (laughs) There they are, hi. (laughs) Yeah, I, uh, my pop socket uh, is is busted. Actually, my phone—I don't know if I told this—my phone screen is cracked right now. It's oh, been like that for like since before Thanksgiving. Did you drop uh, it or did it? I dropped it. Happen? I just dropped it, you know. But I've had this <laughs> like it's phone... hot. No, <laughs> sorry, it's okay. It's um, a millennial joke. It's okay. Um, <laughs> With our Gen Z audience, I guess uh, it would. <laughs> we got no Riz. <laughs> oh, dude, Riz. Oh, Riz already. It, listen, Riz is already like corny now because it's in the Oxford. Uh, <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, like, so we, we can use we it now. We can like, use millennials it. can use it now. <laughs> yes, we can use it. Us old people. Um, <laughs> but I dropped my phone. Fo- I've had the phone my phone since before COVID. Actually, it was 2019. I got this phone. Um, and I got to get a new one at some point, but right now it's, it's still working. It's just the pop socket. My pop socket is falling apart. Um, but you know, we're making do. I'll I'll have to gauge Joey's reaction to things as he dips his head down. (laughs) 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 He's like, (laughs) (laughs) I was going with more like a turtle sticking his head in, but Oompa Loompa works as well. <laughs> Am I not Oompa Loompa-ly enough for the Oompa Loompa Club? Well, I'm not Hugh Grant, so I guess not. Uh, maybe one day. Maybe. <laughs> but yes, hello everyone. <laughs> so this is our uh, sec, our first of the, I guess, Christmas half of our holiday episodes. Um, and I know what you're thinking. Wow, you guys picked some real Christmassy movies. Well, you know what? I think we did. <laughs> Nothing says Christmas cheer like poor unfortunate souls. Nothing says Christmas cheer like a like a fish handful of pestos of pasta. That's that's just reading. That's Christmas to me, my friend. Yeah, but <laughs> but before we get into that, if you if you disagree, further. if you disagree, Silencio Bruno, Silencio, Silencio Bruno, Scrooge. <laughs> but before we get into any of that, um, or at least any further with that, do to Joe. Mm. How 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 you doing? 
you know you know you know in a way like i feel like we because last time we did this we were talking just about thanksgiving so i actually like feel like i don't know a whole hell of a lot of what's been going on outside of a few things you've told me i mean i've been okay i'll just say a lot's been going on just today yeah i'm not gonna i don't feel like getting into um yeah i'll say i was sick after thanksgiving Mm. it wasn't covid but i was definitely like feeling shitty <laughs> you know um so and it, it's just been people have been sick and it's that just time it, of year it is that time of year and you know folks it's just just be careful out there is all i'll say um like like i one thing i would have liked to have seen more because but you know it wasn't going to happen was not even just a sense of urgency surrounding covid but just a sense of urgency around like just being sick you know what yeah. i mean Mm-hmm. Like, cause like, I understand the mentality of like, oh, I, and some people obviously they, they have to do things while they're sick because they just don't have a choice cause they have to keep living. And I understand that wholeheartedly, but if you can, like, if you're sick with anything, COVID, the flu, whatever else, like try your best to, you know, stay home, recover, get better, take your medicine, go to the doctor. If, if you can, if you got the insurance, if not, whatever, just. Just take to take care of yourselves, people. Yeah, health matters. It, it does, but this is also a message for the United States government to you know, <laughs> care. Um, Give a shit, <laughs> please. Uh, but I'm trying to think what else has been going on. Uh, I saw, but uh, it's been a lot of Godzilla stuff lately. Obviously, As, yes, lots of Godzilla um, stuff. Well, you know, most recently we got the Godzilla Godzilla X Kong: The New Empire trailer. Is it that looks... how you pronounce it, Godzilla X Kong, or is it like I assume that's what it is? I just never. I, knew I, I don't know. Like a I, I've, I've just heard people way. say Godzilla Kong: New Empire, and I'm just like, how do you? The X is there. <laughs> Guys. Like, are you ignoring the X? Like, like I get like silent like syllables for things for like larger words, but this is just the letter X. That's like you're ignoring a letter that's just by itself. It just means like they're it's like a crossover. I suppose, but even so, it's stupid. I, <laughs> <laughs> I guess because it is new to like because we're so used to like verses or and, but we never get like X. So it's 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 unique. It's new. It, you know what? That's that. It, it's. I guess I just got to get used to it. But whatever. Godzilla yeah. Kong: The New Empire. Uh, you can still say like... Godzilla X. I'm sorry. I don't. I didn't. No. Mean no, no. 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 It's, <laughs> no. it's okay. It, uh, my beef is no, not with you. God, it's with... Godzilla X Kong. Let's make it happen. I'm on your team. X uh, going to give it to you. <laughs> X going to give it to you. What? Um, but Kong. Uh, it looks like a goofy roll rockin', rollickin' good time. <laughs> I'm like, excited. I mean, it's, just, it's like look at it, like Godzilla transitioned. It looks like good, good, <laughs> God. Uh, good uh, I, I, I like I like someone was like uh, Barbenheimer personified. He <laughs> finally the pink, has the energy. The He's got the energy. Uh, <laughs> it's it, it's kind of wild. Uh, and th- that looks fun. Uh, I've been watching Monarch. I finally caught up on Monarch Legacy of Monsters, which mm-hmm. has been really cool on Apple. And um, I think one of my favorite things about the MonsterVerse in general, I think, uh, are you are you all caught up with it? Yeah, yeah, I've seen everything. Spoilers, I'm assuming, 
you're about to do. No, I'm not. Show. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Oh, okay. Go there. I just, uh, you know, it, it's it's a fun time. If you're into, you know, the other, if you're into the MonsterVerse stuff, I, I definitely think it's worth checking out. Uh, cool to mm. see, you know, Kurt and Wyatt Russell. Uh, whole cast is, you know, really good. Um, I I will say I got a massive crush on both the the Russells and. Uh, Anna Sawai, who's the main character in the movie or the yeah, show, yeah, yeah. so I'm like, oh my gosh, there's a lot of cute yes. people in this show. Uh, <laughs> also, my mom has wa- has been watching it. Oh, is it because of Kurt or or does she like Pro- the monster? It's because movies? well, well, because um, you know, she watched because my, my mom's you know, there I know there are people like why are talk shows still going on? I'm like, listen, there's still people like my mom out there who watch. Who just watch them, and that's how they find out about things. They don't find out about things through like Facebook or like Facebook no. or Twitter, yeah. um, or anything like that. They find it out through like Jimmy Fallon. That's how my mom yeah. found out about the new Rolling Stones album was Jimmy Fallon. So <laughs> it still has a place. Yeah, my, my mom still watches Fallon too. I don't think she watches any of the other ones, but she watches Fallon. But you know, and she saw she saw uh, I, was it, I, I don't think it, I don't know if it was Fallon or Kimmel. It was one of them. One of the Jimmys. Um, one of the Jimmys. The both Kurt and Wyatt showed up, and she was like, "Oh wow!" And then we watched the the the, the four episodes. She binged it, the first four in a whole night, and she definitely nice. had a good time. Um, and we re she had never seen Kong Skull Islands. We watched that. She rewatched King of the Monsters, and she was so annoyed at that movie because the dumb things <laughs> people were doing. Like, why yeah. aren't these people wearing hoods in Antarctica? <laughs> She's like, I wear a hood in 50 degree weather. These people are in Antarctica. Um, they're just, they're just, they don't, they don't care. It's an American and, health care service. And Doesn't movie, apply to them, apparently. No. Um, and that movie, I think, like, there's still a lot I like in that movie, but I think mm. after seeing the next thing I'm going to talk about real quick, um, it's, I've said in my letterbox reviews, aged like milk, particularly yeah. with the human cast. Godzilla minus one. No hyperbole, one of the best movies of the year, easily, bar none. This is the kind of thing. Now, there's a lot of stories about like the $15 million budget, and that's something you have to look into because that's also just Japanese movie economics and labor laws and things like that. So, and, and still in America, people aren't paid enough either to do this shit either. So, that should tell you a lot. Um, but this movie. It's incredible. Um, it's one because I've I felt like with so many like recent franchises, especially things like Jurassic Park, Planet of the Apes, you're always rooting against the people. You're never yes. really rooting for the humans. Yeah. Godzilla minus one is one of the few like recent movies of this kind. Anyway, where I'm just like, I am rooting for the people. The people are there's the characters are so great. They're likable. Um, I think it delves into an interesting aspect of like post-war Japan. And that's the other thing too. I didn't realize it was a period film. It takes place after world war two. Um, and it deals with the lives of these people, you know, how to, you know, trying to deal with like post-war like guilt and, you know, PTSD and also just, you know, the stuff that your government will ask you to do. Uh, so that's, that's I, th- I kind of found that interesting. It was really nice too because I had never seen a brand new Godzilla, like Japanese Godzilla movie in the theater before. And 
because the last time we there was one was Shin Godzilla, but that wasn't playing anywhere near me. So I didn't get to see Shin Godzilla in theaters. Recently, I got to see Godzilla 2000 because Fathom Events re-released that, and that was a good time. Um, but this movie, it it is so great. Godzilla looks great. The action set pieces are phenomenal. It feels like some. I was and there, I was watching a review on this. I guess the director of this, whose name I'll insert, Takashi Yamazaki, uh, here is kind of like the Japanese Spielberg I've heard described as, and I definitely got like very Spielbergian like vibes from this, especially is it, like. Is it like? Is it like when we watched, or at least when you showed me Gamera, like the the one like from the newer era of Gamera, and it felt like Jurassic Park, kind of like that. Kind of, okay. except except Gamera is much For- more of a. I mean, Gamera is obviously much just much more heroic. Godzilla yeah. in this is just like very much like he looks cool, and you and obviously just as a fan, you like seeing like shit get destroyed. But there's also just a, a, a larger impact than you normally see, I think, in some in some of these anyway. Um, uh, but anyway, that's all I got to say for myself. How are you doing? Uh, yeah, I'm okay. Yeah, doing all right. I well, have not watched Christmas of the Cranks, so he's not. <laughs> he's lying. I did. I did. I did. I don't know if I was going to talk about that, but I guess here we are now. Um, <laughs> thanks. Uh, uh, <laughs> adjust yourself. <laughs> um, no, I, I was just like I'd randomly woken up. And I went downstairs, and my parents were just chilling, and my mom's, like, flipping through stuff, and she's like, oh, you know, because it's Christmas time, and so she's like, I'm going to watch Christmas with the Cranks, and I'd never seen it, and I didn't, I knew, I I figured I probably wasn't going to like it, but I decided to watch it anyway, Mm -hmm. and boy, howdy, (laughs) like, it's, it's, it's terrible. Like not yeah. like with a capital T terrible because like it feel it feels like like I don't remember the name of the company is like American something but it's like the non Hallmark greeting card company that makes like movies and shit that like Candace Cameron's doing it feels like it's one of those movies <laughs> but gotcha. like somehow they they paid Jamie Lee Curtis to uh, be in it <laughs> so. But the whole the whole shtick is if you probably have never seen it, um, Tim Allen, you know, that guy, uh, he and Jamie Lee Curtis are uh, playing the cranks in the movie, and their kid goes off to the Peace Corps, and so while this time of year they're normally like all out going for Christmas and putting all the decorations up and like the whole neighborhood they live in's like that, they decide, nah, let's not do Christmas this year, let's go on a uh, uh, a week-long Caribbean cruise that leaves on Christmas Day and we'll enjoy ourselves. And so they're, pre- they're prepping for that, but then everyone around them's like, what do you mean you're not doing Christmas? What are you talking about? And they start getting shit because, like, the things that they normally do around that time of year, like, they're not doing, and then people are like, why aren't you doing this? Why? And the strange thing, too, is, like, the whole time, like, they're talking to the cranks, like, I would probably believe Jamie Lee Curtis would have actually done all this shit for Christmas. Tim Allen, I don't believe at all. <laughs> mm. <laughs> like, like everyone's like, but don't you normally do this for Christmas? Like, like something nice. And I'm like, 
the way he's acting in this movie, Tim Allen wouldn't have done that shit. And of course, speaking of Tim Allen, you know, Mr. Why doesn't anyone say Merry Christmas anymore? The one time someone says Happy Holidays, they say it with malice. Like, there's a, there's, you probably saw it in the trailers, if you ever remember the trailers, but like, there's a bit where Jamie Lee Curtis and some old lady are racing to get the last hickory ham, and, uh, uh, the lady, the old lady gets it, and she looks at Jamie Lee Curtis and goes, Happy Holidays! And I'm like, fucking hell <laughs> and so it's it's basically a movie saying hey bullying uh works and uh you should conform instead of you know doing what you want especially if your neighbors are telling you to do it so <laughs> good job movie good job john grisham for writing a novel about it <laughs> wow yeah um no that was that was rough I don't, I'm not, uh, like, I had some interest in Christmas this year for once, and now I don't. <laughs> it's gone now. It died. H- horribly. Roughly. It's in the dirt. You know. <laughs> Long story short, it's dead. Don't watch Christmas of the Cranks. Anyway. Um, <laughs> um, other than that, I, I've, uh, you know what? When I was... Uh, in the, like the early 2010s, I was really getting into Doctor Who, right? Yeah. I, pro- I probably talked about this before, but um, I was a big Doctor Who fan. And then after a couple of years, the the interest kind of faded. And after, you know, I just haven't seen anything in a long time. But recently, uh, they're kind of like reviving Doctor Who a little bit. They got uh, a show. They got they brought back an old showrunner from when they initially revived the series in the 2000s, uh, Russell T. Davies. And um, I guess BBC made a deal with Disney Plus to internationally stream uh, all the Doctor Who stuff that comes out. So it's given me a chance to, to, to check that out again, because it's been a long time. And what was cool is they brought David Tennant back for a couple of specials um, as the Doctor. And it's it's it was nice to... It's nice to have been to have watched those special because it's kind of reminding me why it got into the show in the first place because mm. it's just it's weird but it's fun yeah like it's it's just it's just exciting like it's hard to even explain what doctor who is for anyone that doesn't know and i'm not gonna try but just know it's just fun like if if you if you just sit back and just let let the show be the show and then let it envelop you then you just have a good time with it um, and they, I guess they're doing like three specials, um, with David Tennant and then, uh, Shuti Gatwa, who was one of the Kens in Barbie is going to be the new Doctor Who. Um, so that was, that's something I've been doing recently has been kind of rekindling, uh, a love for something that has been gone for a while. So that's nice. It's mm, not cranks. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, not cr- that's not cranks at all. No. Um, Though there is some, there is some uproar uh, because in the in the newer episodes they wanted they wanted to be more inclusive and uh, have more like trans characters or you know characters who don't just go by he him or she her, and so like there's a clip running around Twitter of David Tennant um, talking to a character called the Meep. That's that, that's just how they are identified as the Meep, um, and uh, like. 
uh, David Tennant assumes the Meep is a him, but then the one character in the show, Rose, who's a trans character, she's an actual trans person, but um, mm. sh- she's like, did you just assume uh, the pronouns? And and Doctor Who's like, oh, yeah, that's a good point. What is your pronouns? And then people are like, who paid David Tennant to do this? <laughs> what is happening? And then it's like, did you just not, did, did you not know that David Tennant's actually like, like for all this stuff <laughs> like listen i know it's hard to 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 think that a british person especially no offense to to england uh <laughs> is is pro uh uh pronouns and trans care and trans people but it's possible believe it or not not everyone's jk rowling but it, there's a lot of people that probably are unfortunately i really enjoyed the recent specials and I'm excited to see where the show goes from here. I'm actually, it's nice to be excited for, for something like Doctor Who again, because it's been a second. Because I hadn't watched any of uh, Jodie Whittaker's season or the rest of uh, Peter Capaldi's seasons. So it's been a second. Um, though, I, sadly, I've heard apparently Jodie Whittaker's stuff. Not that Jodie Whittaker was bad. Uh, apparently, I've, I've heard she's very good. And from what I've seen, she was very good. But I guess like the episodes weren't as good. But the material wasn't as strong, I guess. But I don't know. I wouldn't know unless I watched it. But that's just what yeah. I've heard. Yeah. Um. But and that was that sucked too because like for a long time, like when I was getting into it, I was like, you know, it'd be cool if they actually got a woman to play doc the doctor, like the doctor, because it's always been like an old guy. And then Matt Smith came around. And it was like a uh, young guy. <laughs> but then, then it's like we're back to old guy. Not just any old guy, though. We're with Mr. Curry now. <laughs> I got my eye on you, bear. Uh, and then it's speaking like, which, uh, speaking of Peter Capaldi, uh, he's so good in the first season of uh, Musketeers mm-hmm. as Cardinal Richelieu. I just like, I mean, Peter Capaldi's also great in so many things. He's great in the yeah. Paddington movies, he's great in the Suicide Squad. So He's in Christopher Robin. Yeah. He's great there too as the as what the the rabbit is it just rabbit? I believe he's I, rabbit. It's just rabbit, yeah. Yeah, I, I forgot. I just know Pooh, Tigger, Piglet, Eeyore. That's it. Kanga, Roo. Uh. <laughs> Speaking of kangaroo actually, um one other thing, I've been watching movies with uh my friend Claudia. Our I mean, she she was in the group that we met in. Yes. And um, we've been hanging out recently, and so uh, we were watching, we watched The Batman, which she hadn't seen, but she really liked it. We watched Way of Water. She is an Avatar fan. She's with us. So we, we see you, Claudia. Um, not that she'll listen to this, but... <laughs> um, and we watched um, Malignant, which she hadn't seen. Talk to Me, which is an Australian horror film, which she hadn't seen. And we watched Get Out, which she hadn't seen. Ooh. So we had a we had a pretty fucking solid marathon over the course of November. I'll tell you that much. A mm. um, lot of great stuff. So, but we'll we're probably gonna watch something else coming up soon. But we're we're having a good time. Nice. Um, and outside of that, you know, I'm just I'm not doing much. I'm just trying to figure out what to get for Christmas. I did get one thing for someone, but uh, I'm still waiting for that to show up. It hasn't shown up at all, no matter what Joey's about to do right now. I will say I'm glad it had the sleeve. I, I was uh, very surprised it had the sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> it has the sticker. 
it's like, it's, <laughs> like like that's brand spanking new actually isn't it yeah. it's yeah, not it's no, the, no loose disc or nothing no so this is uh pretty good which is the opposite of my mean streets experience where i have to get a replacement uh 4k disc because the main <sighs> menu music skips the movie is fine but the main <laughs> menu is <laughs> why criterion why hey hey criterion <laughs> <laughs> you know uh, what they call me, Richard? They call me DD Disappointed Dunsk. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Um, but yeah, it's just that's about it for me. Um, just just vibing, get ready for Christmas. So, but I'm excited because you know what I, I like when the holidays roll around. And, you know, the easy thing would be to do would be just to talk about Christmas movies. And we have that episode coming, but yeah, like we did this last year where we're like, you know what? You know, what's a prominent kind of movie usually around the holidays around the summer. It's Disney, you know, granted, you know, Disney hasn't been doing too well, you know. But you know they're they're doing their best. Not really. Uh, it's it's, it's been a very strange year. It's been Disney. sorry. Like like when you think about like 2010s Disney, was there any any studio that was like have like it felt like almost everything they touched was gold would, would turn to gold. I Not still hear let it go. To the let day. it go. I mean I mean you think about like 2019 felt like. The truly the end of an era because you had Avengers Endgame, which at that point became the biggest movie of all time. Yep. Right. You had Lion King that made like Avengers level money. Frozen Two made insane money. Um, Rise of Skywalker, despite being a dumpster Poopy. fire, made a billion billion dollars. You know. Yeah. Um, Captain Marvel made a billion dollars. Um. You know, and now Captain the the Marvels is struggling to get past two hundred million dollars worldwide. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a weird it's a weird world we live in. And I and I, <laughs> I want to add this: I like the Marvels. It's just it is interesting. Like to it, it almost makes me think of like Alice in Wonderland, where it's just like it's a billion dollar movie, and then its sequel is kind of like a financial failure. Mm-hmm. Um, so. But, I mean, but, you know, Disney has been, in varying ways, has been a very important part of a lot of our lives, um, for sure. Ours especially. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, we, we're, like, if, the, if you haven't guessed it by now, if you're, unless you're new to the show, Joey and I are big Disney people. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I guess, I guess it's just, you just got to admit it at this point, we're probably just Disney adults. We're we're, we're 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 Disney adults, but we're not that kind of Disney di- adult. Di- Disney adult with like an asterisk. Yeah, <laughs> it's like li- listen, you know, you'll you'll see us. At, we're adults at the park, but you know what? We're just there to have a good time. We don't want to bother anybody. <laughs> we try not to bother anybody. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. We get there, and it's hot and it's uncomfortable at times, but we get there. Tron's great. Haunted Mansion's great. Pirates of the Caribbean's great. Jungle Cruise is is funny. Yes. You know, there's it's, it's good memories we've we we can make when you're at a Disney park as an adult. Um, but also, you don't need a kid. But going off of that, obviously, Disney is a hard place for a lot of people to get to. So for a lot of people, 
the movies are really their outlet. And this first movie, though, is is really like a, a, a definitive entry in the Disney canon. One of the most definitive entries in the Game whole changer. animation. Game changer, yes. Great word for this one. Um, it just, Richard, what's our first movie? Oh, we're switching it again. Are you? <laughs> are you just don't you just don't want to do it anymore? <laughs> I, mean, I, I could do it. But, yeah. No, no, no. You, no. I'll do it. We already leaned okay. into it. Mm-hmm. Hold on. You have a sigh at the beginning. I don't want to disappoint. Okay. Michael Crack. Ooh. <sighs> Joey. Yeah. Joe Dinny Dan. Mm-hmm. The the dinniest of all Dans. Yeah, that's me. The first film we are talking about today is an icon. It is beloved by many. It has a ride at the Disney parks. To this day, people are wondering, what really happens under the sea? We don't know. <laughs> but this movie gives us an idea. <laughs> they even released a live-action version of this movie that people hated, but maybe didn't. I don't know. It's up in the air. Anyway, point being, we are talking about the game-changing animated film, my sister's favorite Disney film that's not Lilo and Stitch. We're talking about The Little Mermaid. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> um, it's yeah. Little, it's a little bit of a long tangent, but... It's it's all right. Um, <laughs> we're prone to those. But <laughs> Little Mermaid. Um, yeah, this is this is a huge one. It's obvious. Obvi- I don't. You know, most of you listening probably know. Like it was. It's the film that's often regarded as like the start of the Disney Renaissance. Um, and it's sort of a sort of like a. It's weird to say because there is an era of Disney that's called the revival era, which is like the twenty ten, like the like the like the frozen, frozen era, like era the the not two D animated one, like that era, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, like this one, real like this sort of helped revive Dis- Disney animation, like because Disney animation was do- like listen, Walt died in nineteen sixty six, they released Jungle Book in sixty seven, was a big hit. And they released other things, you know, they did Aristocats, uh, they, they've compiled together the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh, it was the, Robin it was, Hood. It was that, it was that era where they were trying to figure out what to do. Yeah. When, when, when you, when the captain of the ship is gone and they haven't, they kind of elected a, uh, a new captain, but it's like, do they really know what to do next? You know, they're just trying to, you know, see see what they see see what they should do with the company, and so they released all these different movies. We've talked about a couple of them on here, I think, or at least uh, one. I don't remember as far as the Renaissance era or, or like or just the, the, like before that, the middle, the before that. We talked about Great Mouse Detective. We did. I mean, there's yeah. a co- like that because that era actually has a lot of really cool movies. I watch rewatch Robin Hood recently, and that's. That's a lot of fun as a movie, um, but this this movie really sort of brought that back. It was a Disney princess movie, mm-hmm. of course. It was a fair, you know, a fairy tale. So we hadn't really done something like that. They hadn't done something like that in a hot second. It 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 was it was like a nice like let's let's go back to the beginning, but let's also like 
bring it bring it up to the modern day like bring it, give you something new something interesting like a fresh like a fresh coat of paint on something you already love you know like like a, like let's let's I, I was gonna say introduce a whole new world but that's a different movie uh, uh, <laughs> that's, that's a whole different movie oh yeah <laughs> but here's my question for you when was yeah. the first time you watched the little mermaid do you remember uh, I mean it's hard because I I mean I own pretty much like all these movies on tape so they were always on the rotation well, I mean you um, own every single movie just on some format I think right I own them all on blu-ray um yeah you know but the thing the thing was like with VHS that was a huge deal because VHS I mean today you could get blu-rays for relatively decent prices even some Disney movies mm-hmm. but VHS tapes back then even when they were cheaper were pretty pricey. Yes, they know? were. So I was pretty, I was pretty fortunate um, in that regard. Very privileged in that. But um, Little Mermaid was like I didn't have like the infamous case with like the the, the penis. penis? Fire. <laughs> yeah, I didn't have that as a kid. I have it now as an adult, just because I ha- I've coll- I've been trying to recollect a lot of them. Why some not? of them on VHS. So why not? Yeah, why not? Um, but I had like sort of I think it was like the second release of it on VHS. It was like a more and a nicer cover. Was that you know it was like was the master was did they get it? It was a Disney masterpiece for Little Mermaid or was it like Disney classics? It was I think it was Disney. I think it was Disney it was masterpiece. Masterpiece. I th- was that I was that so. the one with the dick on it or was or was that like later? That's class. That was classic. Okay. I think. Um, and then masterpiece was like had like a gold almost gold trim look like yeah to it you know what I mean yeah well like um, I I asked yeah. only because like we had because we had a bunch of Disney VHSs but like the the clamshell cases were either destroyed or gone so Little Mermaid we just had the tape gotcha. so okay. I I can only imagine what life would have been like had we had discs at that point just <laughs> just like us tack a disc like I know like you know like the cd like case holders with like the pages of cds was a thing that people did with dvds but knowing like knowing myself i would never be able to do that (laughs) i like i like the case way too much but yeah Yeah, me too but um but did you 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 had little mermaid as a kid yeah yeah but it wasn't one that i watched as often like i would say like the one like the animated movies i watched like obviously jungle book Mm. i watched um uh, what was it? Beauty and the Beast a lot, Snow White a lot. Um, you know, not that it's, it's fully animated, but Mary Poppins I watched a lot. You know, so I, I I think those are some of the ones I remember watching like repeated view repeated viewings of. Whereas Little Mermaid, I felt like it was more of a movie I knew, like I watched it as a kid, but like it was also something I saw like a lot in the commercials, and then at Hollywood Studios. Uh, it hasn't reopened since COVID, and it's not likely to. Uh, the Voyage of the Little Mermaid stage show, um, which had some cool puppets and whatnot. It was just another thing to do. Um, you know, I remember doing that a lot as a, as a kid. So, like, I rem- I have a lot more memories of doing that than watching the actual movie. I, I feel like I have, like, a sort of similar thing with, like, because my sister, like I said, is he- this is, this is like, her favorite thing ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe I it. mean... I mean, we don't talk about it nearly as much, but like, obviously, you know, if you ask her, like, what's your favorite, what's your favorite movie? It's like, oh, Little Mermaid or this, this, this. I feel like if she, if she ever made a letterbox, it'd be like Little Mermaid, Lilo and Stitch, Home Alone, and Die Hard mm. would probably be her, would be her four, which is, that's a you know, solid, solid lineup, it's actually, honestly. Yeah, that's a pretty respectable list. You know, um, 
so I'll have, to, I'll have to ask her at some point, but she'll just be like, oh, what would it be? Then she would say Little Mermaid. Um, though uh, Little Mermaid has also been reliable Christmas time because uh, whenever I'm just like, I need to get my sister something for Christmas, I'm like, what's Little Mermaid that I could get her? So she has a lot of, she has a, she even has like a, like a replica Thomas Kincaid uh, Little Mermaid painting in her house that I bought her. Oh, nice. So that's sitting, that's sitting somewhere in her house with a few other things. But I remember a lot of, like, I don't, I, I saw most of the movie when I was younger, but most of the memory was just like from her and like she had toys and she had, um, like we, on our Christmas tree, we have these uh, ornaments that are like these, wo- almost like wooden, um, I don't think they were like handmade or anything. I'm pretty sure like they're manufactured, but like it's, there's Ariel, Sebastian, Flounder, and they just hang on the tree. And so whenever I think of this, I usually think of those ornaments or I think of mm. like, you know, my sister or anything. Um, but I feel like I didn't really like fully watch the movie till later on in my life. But I, I always remember like clips. I, I think I remember most of the under the, under the water stuff and then like the land stuff. I don't remember near as much. Yeah. That makes so. Sense. It was, it was, is it, I, I was just in my room watching Aladdin or Lion King. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That or Atlantis, when that came out, that took over my entire life. It yeah. still kind of does. <laughs> um, but, you know, I was thinking about like, um, like this movie, you know, you guys know the plot, you know, mm-hmm. Little Mermaid, Ariel uh, wants, you know, wants to be a human, makes a deal with Ursula. And, you know, she loses her voice, gets legs for a couple days, and there's Prince Eric, you know, all the characters. <laughs> you know the you know the story. But What, what did you thinking, call it, Prince Eric, when we watched it? Prince Generic. It's not really original. <laughs> I thought it was like pretty one good. Time, like, one time Allison was like, we should totally just dress up as Eric and Ariel, and I wanted to throw up. This is an honest <laughs> confession. Um, I'm sorry, Allison. This, this, this is, it's not you, it's me. Um, it, it's... You just didn't want to, like, wear the big wig. Well, I mean, technically, you know what you could have done? You could have put the wig on with the outfit. You could have said, I'm actually not Eric. I'm, like, uh, Renaissance Elvis. Oh. <laughs> oh, that, that their beautiful voice is constantly playing in my head. I really need to listen to it. <laughs> there, there needs to be a part where, where as Prince Eric is, like, using the ship, to kill Ursula, he goes, smoke marijuana, shot my mama. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, but I was thinking about this because I think there's a lot of people you have to mention with this this era. Uh, executives at the top, obviously Michael Eisner being the head of Disney, Katzenberg, head of like pro- like the production end mm-hmm. of things, you know. Uh, they, they, listen, like it, you can say a lot about founder, uh, co-founder of Quibi, um, all right. <laughs> but he he got to oversee some good shit. Uh, so I think that's easy. Yeah, I mean, listen, like you know, and again, I'm not. He's not a good, not a good person. But like again, I just I think that's important because <laughs> there are people who are going to look at him as like the founder of Quibi. Um, you know, but more important than that, I think really, and we talked about these guys uh, recently because of Little Shop of Horrors. Mm-hmm. Um, we got a uh, um, Alan Menken and the late great Howard Howard Ashman. Um, Again, it's it's crazy to think that they started off with something like Little Shop of Horrors, which you know, again, a lot of great music, great stuff, and then they go to this, and it's like 
the guys that did Part of Your World, which is one of the most beautiful, like, Disney songs, especially the way Jody Benson sings it. It's like, holy shit. And then you go back to uh, <laughs> Rick Moranis. <laughs> I don't know. Not that he's um, a bad singer at all. He's great. He's actually a good singer, but it was just, it's, it's funny a, to think about. It's a funny trajectory yeah. um, kind of thing, you know? Because I also I think too because like Little Shop is also known as like such a big like off Broadway kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like a kind of cult cult sort of thing, yeah. I think um, isn't Cordon Blue and uh, Constance Wu? I think mm-hmm. they they're in a new production of it now. They so, are um, good for them. But I was actually think I was actually thinking about this uh, with how uh, with Alan Menken in relation to I think it was the AIDS crisis, obviously because what happened to Howard Ashman. But like Alan Menken was was thinking about like because there were so many terrible news stories with that period of time, and he was thinking about like wanting an escape, you know. And he go back to those like clamshell tapes, those Disney tapes that we were talking about, mm-hmm. and like really you really see it with the Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast, and Beauty and the Beast being one of my favorite movies of all time. Same. Uh, it's it's such a wonderful escape and it's really i think it really captures the, really like it's one of those things where if disney consistently made movies like that it would be hard to complain about them at for at a certain level yeah. like there is a lot because they are a giant conglomerate that doesn't treat their people all that stuff but yeah it's yeah. like if their level of production was like as consistent as the as wonderful as those movies were like you know, Consi- it, 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 and, and consistent too, meaning like not like the same thing over and over and over. No, again. not the like, same thing. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, the not not to say that's what you're assuming, but like, yeah, no, like level of com- like the like just like the the storytelling, the level of storytelling. Guys, this movie's 83 minutes. This thing, it tells everything that you could possibly want to know about these characters. Like by the right? time by the time we're finally on the surface after Ariel like makes the deal with Ursula, we're already over halfway through the movie. Yeah. It, it, we <laughs> were so, looking at the runtime. Like, it's so wild. <laughs> I mean I haven't seen the, the, the remake. I've heard I've heard mixed things about it. I've heard it's, Halle Bailey is fantastic ha- though. Ha- Halle Bailey is by far the best part of the movie. Yeah, I, I did watch it. Just uh, I know you watch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did watch it. Just for that other thing. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. I didn't watch it again for this. I probably should have. But um, Halle Bailey is very good. Um, it has like the same issues with like a lot of the live action remakes. Is that it's too live action? They try too hard to make it realistic. Like you see Flounder and you see Sebastian, and you're like nightmare fuel. Mm, maybe we shouldn't have made it that realistic, um, especially when like. You know Javier Bardem and Halle, ba- Halle Bailey look the way they do, like they look mystical. So mm-hmm. it would so like it would have been nice if maybe they went a little not and and I will I'll give them credit that the visual effects for the most part are actually pretty solid. But at the same time, it's like it would have been nice had it not been that realistic. Um, but it's it's not it's not terrible. I was surprised that it was actually like kind of decent, at least for me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Though, admittedly, I've been a little bit more lenient, I feel like, with some of these movies, but um, I'm just glad that at the end of it, not to spoil it, even though it's not a spoiler, um, they actually were like, you know what, let's actually do Kaiju Ursula. And so you see a giant Melissa McCarthy, and it looks really cool, actually. like You're like, holy shit, the storm's there, it looks great, you're like, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> 
Um, but but going back to the the animated film for for a bit, um, yeah. or for the rest of this segment, for the rest of it, really. Um, <laughs> uh, but speaking of 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 Ursula, I mean Pat Pat Carroll, may she rest in peace. Amazing Mwah. in this part, so damn funny and sinister, like. Just Ursula in general. There's a reason why she is like one of the iconic Disney villains. Like, first off, she looks scary, you know, with the tentacles and whatnot. But she's also got that big butt. (laughs) Not that that's villainous, but like, damn. Um, and just the the whole performance, even with the animation, like it's like a it's like a perfect ensemble of of different ideas that came together to make this character who who she is and um some of the most like iconic like imagery in the movie i think comes from ursula yeah like the bit like like the big hands that come out when she steals ariel's voice during the poor unfortunate souls the kaiju at the end (laughs) yeah which uh, I, I I for some reason I feel like I remembered it being longer when I was a kid, so it was kind of sad that it was a little bit shorter. It felt like so I was like, no, we need more kaiju Ursula. But you know what? I think that's just like when you watch movies as a kid. Like there's only like I, I just get some of these Disney movies. They're like two hours, some of them, yeah. and I'm just like I, I can't imagine watching this as like a five year old. Like Wish recently came out. Recently was like ninety five minutes. Oh wow! And that's longer than Little Mermaid, but it's pretty short com- when you compare it to the likes of like Encanto and some of the some of these other films. Mm-hmm. Is this is this crazy? Admittedly, but uh, but, but also I, like yeah. I was thinking about that with Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Not to cut you off, um, <gasps> it's like a forty something minute special, you know, <laughs> and it's like you feel like oh man, the Bumble is here. And then it's like it quickly resolves itself. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like I don't, I don't, I don't have any issue with the runtime or anything. But it's just, no, I just no. like it's like that weird like quote unquote Mandela effect of like, oh, I remember this like this when I was a kid. I'm like, I have a developing brain as a kid, so <laughs> yes, the, the things yes. you remember as kids are probably not going to be the same way entirely no. as an adult, especially with mm-hmm. adult senses and shit, but. Yeah. No, like Ursula's cool. <laughs> Ursula <laughs> is Ursula is really cool. Um, yeah. I was thinking about like a lot of the backgrounds in this movie and some of the anima- some of the animation. And I think this movie we were talking about this. This movie feels older than a movie from nineteen eighty nine in in a couple of um a yeah. couple of sequences. It has like that, like I, I call it the Don Bluth haze almost. Mm. Like when I think of like like when I think of like the haze over animation, like especially the the opening bits of the movie when you see the seagulls flying before we see yeah. the ship with Prince Eric and whatnot, um, I immediately was like, because like my, my first thought was, wait, when did Don Bluth? Because I know this was like late eighties, so I, it was most likely not gonna have been the case that Don Bluth was in any way involved. Because but he was at Disney at a point. Um, yes, right. But I was like. Maybe maybe someone at Disney was like, you know, I really like what Don was doing with that. Don't you mention Don? For why would you do that? But I just kind of like the, like the like the haze thing. Like shut up. And then the guy got fired, and then they're like, do the Don Bluth haze thing. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was my idea, not his. I fired him. Uh, <laughs> just making right. Disney more sinister than it actually is. Or maybe not as sinister, mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, right, right. But no, it definitely feels older, but then like there's times like I just I just get sucked in to the to the yeah. magic mm-hmm. that the Little Mermaid has. Um also I will say too one thing about Ursula, going back to that for a second. The camp. Mm. I love like like the the, the, the the dramatic nature of it. Which obviously, you know, you find that a lot with animation, but it's just is it was a really cool aspect of her as well that I really liked. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's probably a lot also that can be discussed with the character of Ursula just from a lot of things. Cause I think about Divine. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, and we might not be the best people to discuss that, but you know, that that analysis is out there. Uh, it's out there. But, and I know some people are like, why did they get Melissa McCarthy? They could have gotten like someone like Divine or like, like a, like a, like someone of today, that same ballpark, like get an actual like drag queen since the drag queens were a big inspirational element. But you know, unfortunately not that Melissa McCarthy was bad or anything. She, she did, she did a fine job, but mm. You know, right? It's what it is. But, but like I think about like what is one of my favorite shots is when like Prince Eric's like birthday celebrations going on or his big celebrations on the boat, and you see the fireworks, mm-hmm. and I'm like, that could have been almost something right out of like Peter Pan or something. Like just seeing like the way if the, the way boat started lifting. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It, it it's just really it's 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 really kind of nifty. And Ariel as a character, obviously Jodie Benson does a fantastic job. Mm-hmm. Uh, voicing her, but I just think that the, so much of the facial expressions are so are so amazing. Um, it's really amazing. Like e- almost like every frame is like she's doing something interesting with her face, and it's just like you know that's that's kind of thing you want to see. You know that's like mm-hmm. what I love about this era. Like I think about her. I think about the Beast, of course, in Beauty and the Beast, where there are just like single frames that are just that just stay with you. I think also I I feel like. The, the the animators use the fact that she's underwater to their advantage because her yeah. hair almost feels like drapes at times mm. like right. the way like it frames her face the way it moves in the water like there's the part there's that one bit i think of at the end of uh part of your world when uh her hair's like slowly because of the water slowly moving away from her face and revealing part of that world like like yeah. that, I thought was really cool as well. The way that they utilized the water factor in the whole thing as well. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it's it's pretty incredible. I also want to mention because I mentioned Pat Carroll, Samuel E. Wright passed away recently, uh, fairly recently as well. Uh, voice of Sebastian, um, <laughs> you know, inc- incredible, incredible character. I was really like Sebastian as a character was was really like nice <laughs> like, <laughs> like obviously the, he, he's like a little like hey wait a minute we gotta do we gotta follow the king's rules and i I love that scene where where like he's like trying to explain like the plan that they could do to get her back and get her like get her get her you know get her back in the ocean he's just like he sees her face and he's like but you would be miserable for the rest of your life and i'm just like oof that's that's a great character moment like it's it's nice because like especially when we first meet him he's a bit egotistical yes he maybe not a bit uh he's not like he's not like the bully character from our second film that literally talks about himself in the third person uh <laughs> but um it's nice that he does have like a like a heart 
you know? Yes. <laughs> like, yes. he's actually got, you know, a morality to him where he sees mm-hmm. Ariel. He's like, this was really dumb. Why would you do that? You would need to go back home. But you would be sad the rest of your life. Damn yep. it. Okay. So buddy, buddy Hackett as Scuttle is uh, <laughs> fun. Should, should, I, should I tell the story of where I learned about who Buddy Hackett was? <laughs> you can if you want, sure. As I, get, as I, as I take out my snarf flat. <laughs> he's, he's holding a snarf flat, and if you know what that is, good job. Um, so, <laughs> so there's there's a scene in a completely different the movie called <laughs> There's no Star Flat, sadly. Oh. But there's a scene. Uh there's water though. <laughs> okay. right. There's a scene in the movie Tommy Boy, starring Chris Farley and David Spade. And uh Chris Farley and David Spade had just made a sale um as salesmen and Chris Farley goes to get some pizza to celebrate and um, David Spade's left by himself and he's looking out the window and he sees a very attractive woman uh, going for a swim in the hotel pool. But she notices no one's around, so she decides to uh, d- disrobe and skinny dip. And of course, David Spade, being a giant pervert, decides to watch. <laughs> and so this is very Disney friendly. Uh, <laughs> So then uh, there's one point where he's like, he's talking to himself and then you hear like an unzip noise while we're looking at him. And then, and then Chris Farley as Tommy boy shows back up and then David Spade's freaking out. And then he jumps into the bed and like covers himself up to it all the way to yep. his neck. And then Tommy boy is just like, what were you doing? <laughs> Going over some documents. Where are they? Gee, I don't see them. <laughs> and so he like quickly realizes, Oh, he was, he was being a perv and so he makes a lot of jokes about you you made me delete it last time i said it so i need to find um playing with himself that's what i said last time (laughs) that was okay that that passed the censors uh (laughs) so one of the jokes being oh were you watching a movie with that funny comedian oh what's his name buddy Wackett? It'd be really funny if it got like a bleep noise for buddy bleep <laughs> buddy bleep. I w- that would be funny. <laughs> it was but, a um, bump. Beep, beep. <laughs> to shave on a face. Um, but yeah, so that was the first time I ever heard about Buddy Hackett because I had to be like, who who is he referencing? Because I knew all the other references. Like I knew the Yankees was one of them. <laughs> I knew, uh, uh, what was another one? Um, I don't remember the other ones, but yeah. So that was the first time I heard about Buddy Hackett. But the first time I actually heard Buddy Hackett talking was Scuttle. Yeah. Not Aquafina. No. No. Buddy Hackett. Buddy Hackett. Buddy Hackett. Uh. <laughs> Sound like Stewie with Cooey. You put Koo Whip on pie. Pie tastes better with Koo Whip. <laughs> say cool. Koo. Now say whip. Whip. Now say cool whip. Koo Whip. <laughs> anyway. Little Mermaid, folks. I, show, I showed my mom some Family Guy clips recently because she had never watched Family Guy. And when, the baby, when, when Stewie started talking, she's like, is that the baby's voice? And my <laughs> brother and I were like, yeah. She's like, oh my gosh. It's very... 
Rex Harrison. <laughs> uh, yes, very Rex Harrison. Uh, but this movie obviously was a gar- was a gar- was a pretty big hit uh, at the time. Uh, I, I, I liked I liked the from going from gargantuan to pretty big. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was just funny. Well, well, I mean, you know, because listen, like when you look at like the trajectory of the, the couple, of the because after this you had. Rescuers Down Under, which is an underrated kind of fun movie. Yeah. I like the little Easter egg that they got in um, Once Upon a Studio. That was a fun moment because yeah, I watched that. Yeah, That's yeah, a that movie cool. I watched a lot. Um, Beauty and the Beast, of course, was huge and was nominated for Best Picture. Aladdin was a big have. movie, of course. Mm-hmm. Lion King is one of the big, biggest things ever. Like it like, was the hot. It was like the highest grossing animated movie until Shrek Two came out. I'm pretty sure. I believe um, it. Yeah, so like, it, it, like that movie was like, it felt like they were like an escalate. Like, Rescuers Down Under happened, uh, which is a fun movie, but I don't know if it did. It didn't do as well. It doesn't have the same cult, you know. It doesn't have the same like know. fan base. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, it's not as big, which is fine. You know, it's fine. But um, Little Mermaid was certainly the start of something special. It was definitely a movie that. Um, you know, it felt like it felt old school, but it had a it had a fresh coat of paint. It was like it's a nice, like almost like old 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 Hollywood ish kind of movie um, that had uh, a really good, like nice entertainment value, really colorful, great songs, fun characters. It, it's a good time, and it was an important mo- it was an important movie for one little girl that I call my sister. Um, again, shout out to Jelly. This like she's literally the first and only thing that I think of when I watch this movie, and it's a great movie. So she has good taste. Yeah, no, I think I think that's really because I hadn't seen this in maybe like ten years. Um, it was probably the last time I watched this, and I'm like, yeah, it's a great movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, that was pretty great. It's 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 one of those things that like I I've seen it maybe a handful of times, but. I know so much about it because of the, not even just from my sister, but from the association with my sister. Um, you know? Yes. I also forgot to mention uh, John Musker and Ron Clements. I can't believe I forgot to mention those guys. How uh, could you? I don't know. I mean, we've talked about them before, too, because of you t- Great you, Mouse you, Detective. You let me talk about another movie with a joke about Whackett before we talked about the directors of this film. <laughs> How do you feel about yourself? <laughs> well, they're pretty they're pretty cool guys. Okay. Uh, we also but, talked about Aladdin on here too. We did. We did it was a while. It's one of those episodes. Oh yeah, we did Aladdin and Thief of Baghdad. <laughs> that is one of those I'm like there's definitely times I'm like, wait, what this would be a good pairing with Aladdin. Oh wait, did we already do that one? What? <laughs> And we did Lion, like, uh, well, like as far as like the Renaissance, we've done a couple of the Renaissance. We've movies. done, we've done Aladdin, we've done Lion King, we've done this one, Tarzan. Um, we did Tars. Holy shit! Yeah, that's right. We did Tarzan with John Carter, Edgar Rice Burroughs. That was a fun episode. Um, and actually, oh, speaking of which, Tarzan the Ape Man's coming out on Blu-ray. The Johnny Weissmuller, uh, one coming out soon. That's are you exciting. are you suggesting something? No, what I'm saying is I'm gonna buy the blue myself. And <laughs> oh, oh, you're just talking about you. Okay. 
Yeah, I'm talking about <laughs> very, listen, su- a, very Sebastian a, a, of you. A, I know you. A, it's a Blu-ray, and B, because you're too good for that. But also B is it's not a it's not a movie. I need. I don't know. I don't know if it's ever going to get on the show. Um, like there's just a lot you'd have to talk about with the Johnny Weissmuller Tarzan movies that I'll just enjoy in my man cave. Listen, there's enough analysis of them out there. You know, uh, you're listen. I hope you have the best time ever enjoying your Johnny Weissmuller Tarzan Blu-ray when it comes out, and I mean that genuinely. I pr- I appreciate that. Thank even you. even if it took you a second to uh, accept that I only like 4K sometimes <laughs> or all the time, <laughs> I I hope you are happy. Generally, generally, <laughs> generally happy. Sometimes I'm just like uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm just gonna make fun of Joey right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I'm so sorry. But anyway, Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid, great, great movie. Really great. <laughs> that is. has a 4K. It so does. You don't have to worry about only getting a measly Blu-ray for it. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you do that? That was weird. <laughs> because 4Ks are like, 4Ks are expensive setup. <laughs> Ugh. This is someone listening to this to it. Like, I'm just gonna watch it on Disney Plus. Shut Listen, up. This half is probably longer than the actual fucking Little Mermaid movie. And we barely <laughs> talked about the Little Mermaid. <laughs> you know what? Here, here. Before we go, yes. Before okay. we go, where would you rank this amongst the Renaissance films of oh, that era? Shit. Ugh. I mean, so okay, so, so there's Little Mermaid, there's Aladdin, Lion King, Tarzan. Is Pocahontas count? It does. Pocahontas. Yeah. So that's uh, I'd Mulan. I forget about it, but yes, Mulan's great. Um, see, did I, I, did I say yeah. Aladdin already? Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Well, Beauty and the Beast for me is like the top. Like, there's nothing tip top like, for me. It's the tip top. Um, I guess Aladdin. Aladdin would be, and then Lion King, and then see. There's, the problem is, there's so many of these that are like really great. Like, yeah. you got Little, <laughs> Little Mermaid. You have Hunchback of Notre Dame. Oh, that's another Tar- one that was really good. Tarzan, like Tarzan, is one of my favorites. Um, obviously, we talked about this. Yeah, and Mulan is a spectacular movie. Yes, it, it it's is. a movie that I feel like is sometimes slept on. Um, it's phenomenal. It's really just well a well done movie. So those are kind of almost like in their own like hangout category, um, <laughs> their own. Like, uh, they're by themselves. Um, I got to rewatch Rescuers Down Under um, it, again. It's a movie I haven't watched in a long time. I have it on Blu-ray because it's it's on the same disc as Rescuers. Mm. Um, you know, notice Hercules. how I didn't go ew Blu-ray. <laughs> 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 I see. I say things just for that. See, now I'm just glad that you bend down to show because most of the time I can't see most of your face right now. <laughs> you need to just see my disappointment in you. <laughs> I need you to remember this. <laughs> but you were saying Hercules. I was saying, Hercules is, is is for me at the lower end. I might need to rewatch it at some point. It's, um. It's not, there's a lot of things I like in Hercules. I just don't think it melds as well as they'd like it to. 
I guess. It does have a nostalgia factor to it, but I haven't seen it in a long time. But I liked it a lot when I was younger. And that's fine. I mean, like, listen, like, it's it's got some good things in it. And apparently, I don't remember this, but apparently it was the first movie I saw in theaters was Hercules. Oh. Uh, so there is that. Um, the, but the first one movie I remember seeing was Bugs Life. I remember that because I was also in the arcade. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> I could not sit sit for shit. Um, I still can't. Uh, but and Pocahontas is just at the bottom. It just, I, I, it's, it's one of those things where people like, there's like certain things, certain subject matters. I'm like, Pocahontas was a very real person. Yes. And like, I just, it's a hard, especially with American, it's a hard thing to reckon with as for a kid's movie. It's one thing if you want to make like a, a movie for adults that can actually research things and don't trust that, you know. Some mm. adults do. Some adults do trust it too a little too much for people. But like, for me, it's like a little insidious with a kid. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Well, kind of wild how many times like Pocahontas or the Pocahontas type of story was adapted into something. Hmm. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of examples. It's like, oh, Dances with Wolves, The New World, Avatar. <laughs> like, yeah, there's a lot of them, but. Uh. I would yeah. say, I mean, yeah. What would you say? Sorry. No, you're fine. Um, I would say the 4K format is superior. <laughs> and this is where the podcast ends. We're not even gonna get to our second movie. And it's just done. You can blame Richard. Don't send me your your angry hate mail. The send one person, Richard. Brian from Idaho. <laughs> He's back sending sending hate letters to me. <laughs> <laughs> you are one fan full permission <laughs> oh, but in all seriousness um yeah i would yes. say like i mean it's kind of a back and forth between um beauty and the beast and lion king as far as which one's my favorite of that era mm. aladdin is probably favorite for like nostalgic reasons because that was the one i grew up with the most but also Robin, Robin Williams factor for you. Yeah, the, the big, big Robin Williams factor on that one. Um, though, I do think a lot about, especially with that Lindsay Ellis video about the whole, like, how Robin Williams sort of, like, kicked off that whole phase. Not to what he wanted, but he didn't want it at all. But, like, the, right. that whole mentality of, let's cast stars. Not voice actors. Stars. Um. And not every star is Robin Williams. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> no, no. I think that was that was a very unique situation. Very unique. Um, and that's why that movie is so special. Um, I agree with that. Um, and uh, I'd say I, I'd say Little Mermaid. Probably the same with you. I'd say Little Mermaid sort of uh, oddly enough floats around, like you know, with Mulan, which was another big one for me and my sister as kids, like. The music is great. It, the action is great. Like it's just an all yeah. around. Like it's got a lot of great stuff in that one. Oh, um, yeah. And uh, Tarzan was a big one. Obviously, um, I still remember seeing that one in theaters, and my aunt getting me Tarzan toys after because I was like, my mom does this all the time, and I still feel bad for doing that. Uh, sorry, Antonise. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, Little Mermaid, like. Little Mermaid will always be special because of the nostalgic memories, because it's my sister's favorite movie. 
or you know last last I checked uh, her favorite movie <laughs> this year she'd probably be like oh Home Alone or Die Hard um, but uh, or at least this time of year I mean um, but uh, Little Mermaid will always have that special thing and obviously we haven't put it up yet but whenever we put the tree up when I see those ornaments there they are again Ariel right. like they're literally from the 90s but yet they still look yep. really good <laughs> That's good. So I'll have to show you them uh, whenever we yeah. put it back up, if I haven't already. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. please do. It, um, it'll always have that special that special place. Um, yeah. It might not be necessarily my favorite, but it is a very good movie. Music's great. The animation's great. Yeah. Um, I love Ariola Ursula. Triton. It's just... <laughs> is the, the I will say, not to go into the live action one again, because it's an hour and 11 minutes. Jesus Christ. Um, but like it's gonna be longer than the actual movie. <laughs> I'm gonna keep it going, keep it going. Uh, <laughs> but like another thing about the live action remakes that bothers me, even though I hate talking about things that bother me with movies sometimes because I feel like it's all anyone ever talks about. Um, yeah. is like when we actually see like the kingdom, it just looks like rock spires, and not like a cool kingdom. So it was nice watching this. See a golden palace mermaids all swimming to the palace like yeah, uh, that's such a memorable entrance shot you know like establishing shot yeah listen there's a lot of things the live action remakes feel like they're erasing but don't erase the palace don't erase like the magic keep the magic yeah if you're gonna remake these movies at least keep the magic it's not it's it's i'm not saying just do the same thing but like the magic you know the magic <laughs> Yeah, it's just hard because I feel like they're they're like for people, there's a need to make it more mature or more realistic, just to almost justify it existing or to justify seeing it uh, as an adult. Modern era mentality, almost of yeah. like we can't we can't make this magical, we can't make this silly, we can't make this like that. It's got to be real. Yeah. No. Um. I'm so to think what else? At the, at the very least, we at least we could just go back to this and be like, "This is still." Yeah, absolutely. We're gonna take a brief intermission, and when we come <laughs> back, we're gonna talk about another um, Disney distributed underwater uh, fish person into human movies. <laughs> Stay tuned. Silencio, Bruno. Welcome back to Two Dudes, One Double Feature. In our last segment, we sort of talked about Little Mermaid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it was fun still. I had a good time. Yeah, it was fun. Even if I can only see your nose and your mouth, but it's all good. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> this, this makeshift se- makeshift setup is, is really, you know. Is it showing its flaws? It's, it's, it's very flawed. Very, very flawed. But um, but anyway, uh, we're going to stay under the sea, but this time we're going to go to a different part of the sea, a more specific part of the sea. Uh, we're going to Italy, Joey. Oh. How do you feel about that? 
Nice. <laughs> That's a sound bite. That almost feels like if we if we had like a sound bite button thing, you just poked it with like a sound nice. Bite. Nice. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Bruh. Nice. <laughs> Riz. Um. <laughs> we could say it now. It's cool. I guess we can, Riz. Um, um Yes. Uh, were you gonna say something? No, I wasn't gonna say anything. So <laughs> um this is what we're gonna talk about. We're gonna talk about the twenty twenty one uh movie with, with, with some fish boys. <laughs> No, no, let's just, just do this proper. Okay, back, go to rewind. Okay, okay. That's the rewind noise. Joey, 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 Jenny Dan, what movie are we talking about for the second half today? We're talking about the Bruno movie that did it first, okay? It was here first. Sorry, Encanto. And, you know, it has got gay fish boys this this is luca brazzi sleeps with the fishes oh my god this wasn't the movie i thought we were talking about yeah yeah (laughs) all right i like to think that that pete that pete doctor somebody made a lot of jokes uh that that this is a a movie a fish boy movie and the main character is named Luca, and there's a lot of Italian um, things, and everyone's thinking about the Godfather. <laughs> there's a lot of Italian things. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I know you said earlier that we wanted to make the, you wanted to kind of get through this, but <laughs> it's getting. I'm little, making it difficult. I know it's a little hard. It's on your. It's your own fault. Um. Luca. That's okay. <laughs> Luca. Lu- Luca. Um, can we just say that 2020s era Pixar is a very strange beast? It's a it's a different world because on one hand it's like it it's it's new because it feels like it's like a new era of Pixar in general because I just feel like the animation style is changing, the approach is changing, but then it's like. This is also that time period because of the pandemic and because of probably uh, other things as well that Disney decided to just regulate Pixar to just streaming. Yeah, for like a bunch of their releases, which was so wild because before, like other than like the good dinosaur, Pixar probably had one of the best like track records as far as like box office success Mm -hmm. of any of any sort of studio. It was a it was a pretty pretty uh pretty uh tight brand you know when it come when it came to that stuff and then i think like you put out on onward came out at a terrible time terrible terrible came out you know really awful timing on that one which stinks because that's that's a movie that really speaks to me is it's a great one it's a great one and then so they relegated soul they relegated um this turning red turning as far as the pixar movies because raya got sort of a Simultaneous Disney Plus premium that and, and that and an Encanto I think both got right. Did Encanto get it? Encanto was in theaters for like a month and then it went to Disney Plus. It was, but it was like the premium price tag, right? 
Whereas I think the no. Pixar movies, you had you didn't have to pay for. The Pixar, you didn't have to pay the premium, but uh, Encanto, I think actually, I think Jungle, I think Jungle Book was like the last movie to have that premium, um, that premium thing, because like in Jungle Con- Book? Encanto, Jungle Cruise, Jungle Cruise. Oh yeah, yeah. No, that's right. Sorry. Yeah. Jungle Cruise. Um, yeah. You know, but again, I know Raya this was had like, it, but I just didn't remember. Raya had it. Yeah, sorry. Um, so, like, listen, like, and are, there's already this perception with, like, movies where it's, like, people, and I get it, because movies are expensive. Yeah. And people are just like, I'm just going to wait for it to come to streaming. Yeah. And few studios felt that harder than Pixar, because... What happened in their first theatrical release, fucking Lightyear? It was a disaster. <laughs> yeah. Okay? It was a cataclysmic disaster. I mean, the movie is not great either. But, like, <laughs> the, uh, but like, you know, it was like, wow. Even, even like, a Buzz Lightyear movie can't even do. Like, like they like, were, they, they put, they feel like they put all their, their fruits in the, the IP basket on that one. Yeah. And it didn't, um, it didn't work out for them and all their fruit got spoiled which is it's really saddening because i feel like this era like thinking about the lucas the souls the turning reds and then elemental which got a proper theatrical release and actually had a happy ending mm-hmm. um as far as you know success goes uh like these are i think I, I don't know if any of these are like my favorite pixar movies or even in like my top five but like mm-hmm. i just think there's such a unique bunch of movies from pixar that i really just have to respect it honestly i i would say for me like i think this era i think has been really exciting in a way yes because it's it it definitely feels like there's a disconnect between pixar and disney a little bit probably for that very i mean there's probably a few other reasons because like i mean pixar was its own thing before it was bought by disney though they worked with disney a lot and then disney officially bought them um and you know it was always crazy like for the longest time pixar was always known as that studio that was just banger after banger as the kids would say you know (laughs) like like just recent like all these hits all these great movies and you know we've talked about a couple pixar movies on the show and we're big pixar guys but then like as far as this recent era it just feels like this this transition almost from like a stylistic or like some sort of like artistic standpoint because like with disney and their animation like they have a house style you know like yeah. like this is what disney movies look like and very rarely do they deviate from that sometimes they'll maybe work with other artists that give them kind of like that flavor but ultimately it's still disney um but at the end of the day like a disney movie like you look at all the like disney movies and they do relatively look the same not to like you know complain about it or anything but you know with pixar on the other hand it just feels like right now they're really like transitioning into like a sort of different kind of thing a little bit yeah so like because like a lot because the same thing too with pixar a lot of pixar movies sort of had a similar vibe to them but at the same time like they had a bit more of a diverseness to their art to their art than i think disney did and still kind of do but now there's like a weird disconnect because like you know they're being pushed to streaming they're not getting the same kind of advertisement that you know disney animation or marvel or star wars or anything else is getting and you know like it like i feel like that's the like part of me feels like that's probably the only way andrew stanton was able to get wally in the criterion collection 
because I mean, I'm, like Wally's obviously a big thing, but I'm sure Disney was like, oh, oh, you want that one in? Okay, that's fine. Yeah. But if we were like, hey, what about Beauty and the Beast? They'd be like, are you fucking kidding me? That's my, <laughs> that's my movie. <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, <laughs> but no, because that was like such a cool thing when when that was announced. Like, wait, fucking Wally? That like that's yeah. gonna get in the Criterion Collection? What? Like, I remember, like, my messages seeing that, like, I'm like, this has to be a joke. Because there's some good, like, fake Criterion covers some, out yeah, there. Yeah, there's some really good ones. And then, like, I look at that one, and I'm like, wait a minute, this is real. What the fuck? <laughs> what is happening right now? So it's like, it's it's almost like, it's it's strange, but it's almost, like, really exciting just to see what, di- what Pixar's doing. And I'm not saying it's entirely because of there's that disconnect, but it feels like that's a part of it. Yeah. Like, you know what yeah. else I think I, I'm thinking about, too, is obviously, like, John Laster's no longer there. Yeah, yeah. Like, I know yeah, some yeah. of these were probably had some greenlit stuff with him, because it takes a while to make some of these movies, but, I think like, he, he's been gone I think he was still, for a while. I think he was still credited on some of the, like, 20, maybe onward, but I'm not sure. I don't remember. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard for me to remember, but they definitely have a very di- distinct flavor. But going on to Luca, you know, you have, uh, it's in the Italian Riviera. Um, and, and you uh, have por- this, Porto uh, Rosso. Porto Rosso, not, yeah. Not Porco not Rosso. Use a Porco Rosso. <laughs> uh, you have you have a little uh, little fish boy, uh, Luca, who you know he he has this life un- under the sea, and he meets he meets this other fish boy, um, <laughs> this other fish boy named Umberto, who it like he, you know because when you're a fish boy in this universe. <laughs> When you're when you're dry, when, was, when you're when you're when you're out of the water, you become a human being. When, when you're wet, uh, a human you boy, a fish person, a human fish boy, yes. human boy, fish human boy. And these guys become the best of friends. They go on some. They they want to get a Vespa. It's it's like the best summer ever. It's it's like it's in that kind of similar ballpark to like I think of movies like The Sandlot. You know, like those coming of age, like kids summer movies where it's like, I feel like, you know, that was the kind of movie that, you know, I would talk about a lot with my neighbors when we would hang out a lot um, when they still lived in the allotment. And, you know, because whenever summer rolls around, we're like, we want to have like the kind of summers they have in those movies where it's like that one great summer that changed our entire lives. Like Stand By Me, except without the dead body (laughs) or like Sandlot. But, you know, we don't have to go too far. To, to like to find an actual place we just go to the backyard but hey you know it's yeah. it's it's kind of like a movie like in that ballpark but um there's there's the the whole there's a, there's a whole undercurrent if you will <laughs> to use water uh metaphors but there's a whole undercurrent to this movie um, that I kind of want to just like leap into admittedly uh t- gravity take us as we as we as we fall um right but uh when this movie came out or when the, it was being advertised there was a lot of um people i mean i don't think they were just immediately assuming but just the way that like the trailers played it out um just sort of the messaging of the movie the vibes there was that very much as we mentioned like a very sort of gay romance kind of undertone to the movie and for the longest time, people would always like sort of refer to this movie as like "Call Me by Your Name" because that was a movie that was that was kind of you know big for for a hot second. 
um, but with fish boys or like the gay fish boys, as we, as we've said many times. And, um, there was a point you can correct me if I'm wrong, but like, I know there's, I think there was a point where the director of this movie was asked about it and he said, I don't know if he like denounced it. I don't think he did. I think he said something, but like he said, he just looked at it like they're friends. Yeah. I remember, I do remember something like that. Um, but I think I think for me personally watching this movie, I think the 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 gay undertone makes it better, honestly, mm. because and it's and, and not like in a jokey sort of way. Like it, I think it genuinely like it shows because like these two characters, uh, Alberto and uh, Luca, they they share like a genuine bond that could very well be romantic. You know, it, it could, like you could look at it like watching this. You could look at it like almost almost either way. And that's yeah. why, like the the betra- some of the betrayals feel like like when, hard. when like there's the scene of court hard when like Luca is like oh here's a sea monster pointing at Umberto. I'm like that felt like when when like if you think of that as like two people who really like love each other in in a way more than just friends, you're just like wow. It's but also people are uncomfortable talking. It's devastating, but people are also uncomfortable talking about this because they're kids, obviously, which. Sure, yeah. but what about all the other Dis- Disney movies where there are technically minors in like hetero in, romances? Like, in, instances, hetero romances. I think I yeah. think the difference there is, you know, it, it, there's a lot of things you can get into that. I just wanted to bring that up because it is a weird topic, um, or at least it's uh, it's to get it's it. maybe a tough topic. It's a tough topic. Thank you. Yeah, and that's a better word. I, neither Joey or myself are probably the best people to probably bring stuff up like that. But, um, no, but no, but, but at the same time, like this movie, it feels like it has that such, such, that such a strong rep, uh, not representation, but like strong reputation is what I want to say of, of that aspect of it. And, you know, like the movie could work if you didn't apply it to that. Like it, you know, it's like a friend's summer movie, but it does have, if like that, emotional aspect of it like it really does like hit with with that sort of interpretation and it's not like they're trying to make it like that but like there's just so many elements at play that really help lend it to that aspect even just the fact that they're secretly sea monsters and they're they're keeping the secret to themselves and they don't they try not to tell anyone else about it and the moment they're they're found out, like there's people that are immediately like, "You're disgusting. You're you're gross. You're monsters." But then, like people, you know, in a in a nice in you know nice sort of fairy tale Disney sort of way, it's like the acceptance aspect of it. Like these are winners. These are good people. You know, or even that like people like to bring up like the old uh, the old lesbians at the end of the movie when they like pull the yeah. the umbrellas away and they <laughs> yeah. turn into sea monsters and it's like what that's so cool um so but as far as as far as that whole interpretation is like you could look at it either way but i do think that at least at least for me i do think the movie works better and is maybe stronger from an emotional standpoint if you have that undertone to it and it, and it work it's not like it doesn't work right you know and and it's it's nice you know, and, and there's, yeah. there really is like, especially when you get to the end of the movie and Luca's going to school and Alberto staying, staying by, uh, in Porto Rosso and helping fishing and, 
you know, he gets to have that because there's that whole aspect where he, you know, his dad left him and he gets to have that, yeah. that experience for once with, um, with the, with, uh, Julia's dad. And, mm-hmm. um, like they're like, he's literally the, when he's chasing after him, like when he's on the, when he's on the train and he's running f- towards it he's and he goes out into the rain, turns into the sea monster and is like, yeah, Luca. I'm like that, 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 like I, oh, that got me. That got me right in the feels. Yeah. <laughs> like love or not, like that's just a strong fucking bond between two people. That just yes, like there's clearly love there, romantic or not, and it's it's wonderful and right. So like, and Luca sort of, I think we don't, I don't think people talk about Luca as much as they maybe used to when it was coming out. But so you know what I, there's been a bunch of things that have come out too recently, and I also realized too how many times I've called Alberto Umberto. <laughs> I wasn't I gonna my, I wasn't gonna hearing. I wasn't gonna correct you. No, no, it's. <laughs> Although it would have been cool if it was Umberto, because like there there are like you know there's an Italian a famous Italian movie um, Umberto D, because there are a lot of like callbacks. Like if you look at like the thing I want from this movie are the posters, the beautifully done oh, like posters yeah. that are in this movie of different things like like, like a Roman Roman holiday, uh, an affair to remember, twenty thousand leagues under the sea, La Strada, um, you know all sorts of um, references. But I think also too like. This is a very good movie. I think this we both agree on this. this is a very good movie. But like, mm-hmm. I think about like a couple like a year later, we had Turning Red, which I'm not sure how Luca would have done. But I look at something like Turning Red, and I'm like, if this was released in theaters, there's almost no doubt in my mind that would have been a hit because I feel like the way yeah. people, there are people connecting with that movie, um, you know, and for an, uh, for a kids like animated thing to go into the topics that it did, like another know, another movie, of, another Pixar movie where they arguably do address like quote-unquote controversial things yeah but things that are, should not be like and then there are people who have the audacity to say this story is not relatable and it's like guys it's like half the population <laughs> that goes through things like this like <laughs> do you not know about this really <laughs> then you probably should have paid attention at school do you talk to other people <laughs> <laughs> do you actually have conversations with anyone else um, but um, you know, yeah. I, 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 I do agree with that. Actually, I do think that, like, if Turning Red came out in theaters, that would have. I think it's like it's like the it's like a comparison between something like Frozen versus like, uh, another, t- uh, like maybe Big Hero Six or something, or like one of those, yeah, like Wreck It Ralph mm-hmm. or something. Like, I do think Luca. I think Luca could have could have done pretty well but I don't, I, maybe like a moderate I success so. maybe not like huge yeah but turning red would have like knocked the like to this t- i still hear about the the boy band from that movie <laughs> to this very oh, to yeah, this very day yeah. like oh uh, turning red's a great Fort town movie, man for town for life for town for life what um but i but i do like the general vibe of this movie i like the music and it's pretty bit. as fuck it's just like listen, like this movie is so colorful. Um, like the background, like the whole town is so is so gorgeous, and it, it's actually kind of nice because I remember you talking about this with Little Mermaid, where you're like, oh, I don't remember the, um, the surface stuff as much as like the underwater stuff. And this yeah. movie is the opposite. This is the reverse. The underwater stuff, the underwater. I'm like, okay, this is this is cool. This is really pretty, obviously. But when you get to the surface and you see that town. And you see all those buildings and the, all the little the little details 
and everything in that town you're just like man i think i think patrick willem's letterbox review kind of said something like that he's like i want to spend a lot of time in that italian town in luca or something like that uh, yeah yeah oh yeah I, I would love to visit there it's like you know Porto what are fictional Rosso. universes you would want to what, what are fictional universes you want to live in and like that would be one of them honestly. oh honestly like minus um, like especially like post sea monster hate <laughs> <laughs> once they're more tolerant yes. of sea monsters um yeah but right. even just like you know the whole like a lot of like the undersea stuff was cool but like one thing that i thought was crazy especially for this double feature was how similar it was to little mermaid yeah i think mm. that was something that yes. that's because i hadn't seen this in a second and i remember we joked like oh little luca that would be a fun one little mermaid luca that's a good title yeah little luca I feel like this is one's been on the docket for a while. Yeah. It kind of it feel it, this this double feature feels reflective of like um, our first one because Pirates and and Mask of Zorro are different movies, but they have very similar aesthetics and vibes, and obviously the same screenwriters. Um, Luca, um, while obviously there's there's a lot of differences between um, Little Mermaid and Luca, though you could though again there's the arguing of you know the similarity as far as romance is concerned because um, one's a romance right. the other could be a romance um mm -hmm. but even just like like luca the whole movie like the whole the, like the beginning of the movie he's very like i would love to you know see what the surface is like you know he's kind of bored dealing with the herd of uh <laughs> with the herd of fish that he has to shepherd all giuseppe. the time giuseppe what are you doing and then Giuseppe gets stuck with the the weird Sasha Baron Cohen uncle. <laughs> That's mm. I still like my review. Like you know, it's so relatable when you have to punch your trans transparent uncle in the heart just to keep him alive. <laughs> <laughs> just you know, quick quick shot to the heart, and he's back. We got. It. But like Alberto's like stuff, you know. Look at all the all the this human stuff and like the stuff that like Luca. Sort of, sort of starts to collect like the playing card mm -hmm. clock, and then how that um, relate, and then obviously Ariel is a big collector. Yes, Ariel has the uh, best man cave ever. No offense, mm -hmm. Joey. Yep, <laughs> yeah, none taken. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's very, it's very nice in that respect. Um, but it, but it's like, and I feel like the kids feel like they're real kids. Mm -hmm. Um, as care like the way they act and stuff, I'm like, that's like. Like they they're like wow this is the coolest thing ever oh my goodness oh, Vespa or <laughs> like like the emotions are so high are they're so high strung but it's not like annoying it's it's mm -hmm. just it's just more like it's fe it just feels more realistic and then um, and then added with the element of them literally being fish out of water yeah like uh, like because mm -hmm. we see adults in that position all the time in movies. But like a kid with that, like a a, a will a really well done like child mentality, like you yeah. know they see a Vespa and they're like, "That's the coolest thing ever." Is that the king of Ve is that yeah. is that Mister Vespa? Is that the king of Vespas? Um, which which <laughs> which led to a, a a joke where like, what if Vespa said no and they had to go with like Ducati or they had to go with Harley <laughs> Davidson? <laughs> just, just rip apart the whole setting of the movie. <laughs> like we got to go to Detroit now. Ford. <laughs> Ford is freedom. Yeah. Um, but it also makes me think of like a Miyazaki movie because a lot of it is just sort of like the vibes. The vibes. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, 100%. Um, 
Like, I, I love when movies just exist for a second. You know, it's a nice hangout movie kind of. You know, like it's just it's nice. Like I know not every movie needs to be that, but it's like like a movie like Oppenheimer. We probably don't need to hang out in locations every now and then. Just like let's get through it and then experience all the stuff that was going on with that one. But like you know, movies like Luca or you know, obviously Avatar. Those are movies that are like let's show them the world let's show them where we're at and so we get to spend we get to like spend some time in porto rosso in the like like town square area with the fountain with the the scary uh monster slayer (laughs) statue um with uh the dead sea monster that he's holding with his eyes with x's on him um Mm -hmm. but uh it's like it's just nice when a movie just kind of exists for a second and Again, not every movie needs to do that, but it's nice when movies just do. Because, yeah. like, we don't need to keep going from place to place to place to place to place. Sometimes we just need to just be somewhere and really experience this, and it's nice. And it works for the movie because, again, these characters are experiencing the surface truly for the first time. Yeah. So without that, it would have been weird. Yes. So, um, yeah. I really wanted to have the pasta in the movie, and spaghetti with the pesto. Listen, I love pasta. It's 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 like pasta and tacos are like my two favorite things. <laughs> not that mm-hmm. I not that I ever try to do a spaghetti taco iCarly thing because that just seems messy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, that's a fusion I probably would not want to do, but it, it might be good. It's carbs on carbs, but um, might be good for somebody. <laughs> might be good for somebody, but like man. Every time you see a plate of pasta and that pesto or, you know, anything that they put on that table, like, I'm like, I want to eat that. I yeah. want all of that. And I imagine, I imagine Julia's dad made them all from scratch. Like, I don't think he, like, bought, store-bought pasta. No. Like, he's, he's got a no, roller. You're, you're... He's got the dough and the eggs. Like, he's he's going full tilt. I respect that guy. I love, I love him so much as a character, uh, Julia's dad. He's he's so great. Um, ba- the best ally anyone could ask for, really. Honestly, yeah. Because yeah. um, like he's literally then... the whole time, you know. I I hate sea monsters. This is why my arm's gone. And then, like at the end of the race, uh, he you know he sees them and he he goes into action, but then he sees that you know the sea monsters are actually Luca and Alberto, and they're helping Julia, and that's when he's like. They are the winners. Though I do have to say, like, he does, he makes a joke about that, though, because he says that he lost it from a sea monster, but he says, no, I came into the world this way. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, it's a, it's, it's just like, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it's just, it, it's just a fun, nice movie you could put on like, like a Saturday afternoon. It, just it's kind a, of have a good time. With. I could see it being a comfort movie for people. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. Like it does because, like Little Mermaid, for on a different kind of angle. Like Little Mermaid is more high stakes. It's a little bit more. It is more high stakes. Like obviously, it yes. can be a comfort movie, but it's more high stakes. Whereas like Luca, you can literally just watch and and exist with it. Yeah, I think it's a Little Mermaid's a comfort movie in the sense that like somebody like your sister is incredibly nostalgic yeah, for yeah, it. Yeah. So it's just like being watching that, reliving the songs, knowing how it ends, that's a comfort. Yeah. You know. But this thing is just like it's just kind of a relaxing, soothing experience. 
Though I would also say too, that's kind of like one of my weird, my own personal weird issues with Disney is like I feel like their things aren't scary. Like Ursula, <laughs> Ursula's scary, uh, and I think you know the threats in these are you know listen they may work for some, but and there's some that are really good. I'm not trying to say that they're terrible, but it's like I kind of miss that when like some like like I remember like Beauty and the Beast. One of your main heroes is a fucking monster, <laughs> and he's like, <laughs> you know, is scary as shit. It is it is a cutesy movie from a visual standpoint. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and it, it works generally cuz it, it like the vibes are nice, you know, so what am I complaining like, about? Like really? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no. I have, no. I have my own gripes. No, no, no. Things, I will but, like you know. it was it was like you you kind of brought it up at one point when we were talking about the something. I forget what were we talking about? And then you were like the problem, oh the mom. The mom, that's right. The mom, because uh, I was joking about Triton. And I was like, you know, if Luca's mom really wants to, like, teach him a lesson, she needs to break all of his collection. And then you were like, you know, it's just she, it's because she's not scary. And I'm like, but, but then, like, that, like, but, <laughs> I'm not saying you're wrong. You know, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying it was just a weird transition from, like, a jokey thing to you just, like, legitimately going, no, but it's, she's not scary. <laughs> Because I'm the wrong person to say this to. Because this is what I, I'm like. <laughs> I didn't. I I didn't realize there was going to be like a legitimate criticism there. So I was I was a bit taken back. It, I was it, like, oh, <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> but like, think about that scene where he's just he's destroying aerial shit though. It's he's scary. Like, he's very like scary. The, like, and that light, the lighting mm-hmm. in that scene is so good when he's destroying it. And you're just like, this dude has the wrath of the seven seas and he's blowing up his kid's collection. What a dick. (laughs) (laughs) And then, and then Luca's mom's just like, though, oddly enough, here's, here's a way, a weird sort of differentiation. So like Triton is incredibly intense and he's just, he's destroying, uh, Ariel's entire like collection. Then you have Luca's mom who's literally hitting children. (laughs) <laughs> and she's not scary at all. <laughs> but, but the funny, which is funny, and it's funny because it's very like funny. The way because the the, they played off in like a very comedic. Way. They do, they do. I'm not. I... But like, but when the dad, the funniest, and this is the one that lives in my head because it's been turned to a meme so many times. When the dad throws the one kid in the water, <laughs> he just goes, Poof. and then he's he's literally about to dive back in. <laughs> she's like, wait, nope. <laughs> <laughs> the poor kid, his gelato's ruined. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. That's the, the, awful. The whole aspect of the parents just like throwing water balloons at children, like out of out of context. <laughs> like that's horrifying. That you have these two people in this lovely Italian village who are just brutalizing kids. <laughs> <laughs> she literally kicks the soccer ball right into one kid's face. <laughs> <laughs> twice yeah <laughs> she pushes all the other ones into the water she like throws one with her bare hands and she does <laughs> and it's so and it's not scary at all <laughs> it's, it's it's so silly it's so silly it's so funny but no i but, but i don't i'm not i don't want to yeah. de- i don't want to you know you know, say your opinions wrong because I don't. I don't think it's wrong. It's an. It, it is. It's just a. It's just funny. I think it's. It's just a different thing, and I think it's more just a general like. This is what Disney is now. Yeah. Like, because like again, like um, Cause like you, I saw Wish recently. Yeah. Because like because yeah, I think you're about to lean into this, but like even like some of the like Disney animation, 
stuff. Like, I can't really think of the last villain. Maybe, maybe um, Keith David and Princess and the Frog was probably the last villain to actually like actively scare me. I guess. Yeah. I mean, maybe Moana, but like, like Moana is like you know, and that's a movie I love. I love Moana, Moana as well, but yeah. like. But like, like there's some intense moments. But like, I think about like Tangled when like Mother Gothel like rapidly ages. That like that's something that freaks me out. That's pretty freaky. Like, yeah, it, it's it's pretty that's pretty dark. Um, you know, but it, it, yeah, and that again, that some of it was also like you know, listen, a lot of these movies I watched as a kid, so that impact is there. I won't deny that. Mm-hmm. But I also think there's, I think there's, that's just a general thing with Disney movies. They like to, it almost feels like they sand over any, that's anything that could be rough. It's a good point, honestly. I think that's why part of me was so excited when Haunted Mansion came out. Cause I'm like, holy shit, they're actually doing something that looks kind of spooky. It wasn't like a scary yeah. movie, but it was like, there was stuff in it that I'm like, that's kind of, that's kind of scary looking. Yeah. You know, right. like, absolutely. Like, you know, especially the fact that Justin Simeon decided to use practical effects for the majority of the ghosts with like the ghost overlay, and they actually look terrifying. <laughs> Pretty good. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I know it's not a Disney animated movie, but it you know a Disney movie in general that was like for once yeah. kind of spooky looking. Um, right. But no, that's that's that is a, that is a good point to make though. It's just the, the, it was just uh, funny how it came about, I guess. <laughs> it is funny how it came about because like you're just like, oh, this is so silly, and I'm just like. Listen, Listen you don't understand the gripe I've been I've been holding this in for so long. <laughs> Maybe my shark flat. It's it's almost in the same ballpark as when I'm like, Joey, I don't want to talk about the flash, and then I start talking about it and you're like, Okay, now I'm ready. <laughs> you know, it's one of those things we keep talking about. It's like it's only a matter of time before we make it into an episode. Folks, <laughs> folks, if you want us to do an episode you must give richard one million dollars cash i'll accept it <laughs> wholeheartedly I'll, I'll even split it with joey five uh, hundred thousand five hundred thousand we're good <laughs> oh, I st- you know what's funny speaking on that like dial of destiny is on disney plus i still haven't watched it on disney plus <laughs> well the different i feel like I could be wrong completely, but I feel like not to you know go off on this even more. But I feel like you probably have a better experience watching that again than I did watching the Flash again. Maybe I probably would, but I, I probably would, but I haven't seen it again yet. So I guess time will tell. Drum roll. Th- that movie needed some scary stuff too. Yes, yeah. I mean, again, like those older Indiana Jones. Those movies, were terrifying. Like. Theirs are scary shit, so and scary. I love it. <laughs> like e- even freaking uh, um, uh, Kate Blanchett, like getting, getting her head like full of knowledge, like oh, oh. like thirteen year old me was like, this is like amazing. <laughs> wow, <laughs> the face is melting. The oh man, do anything that Mola Ram does in Temple of Doom. <laughs> anything he does temple of doom is just like a horror movie in general i feel like <laughs> i can't wait to talk about when we eventually talk about the indiana jones movies to talk about temple of doom that's like like i i obviously raiders is my favorite and i love last crusade but like i'm almost the most excited to talk about temple of doom and crystal Skull. just like what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> steven spielberg's like you know what? i'm just gonna go for it this time 
Why not? Why not? Oh, man. But Luca is a good movie, guys. Despite the fact that it is the least scary thing on the planet. Maybe other than teddy bears. I mean, there's some scary-ass teddy bears, let's be honest here. Despite not being a horror movie, Luca is still valid. Yes, it's got sea monsters, but it's not scary at all. Um, Listen... One of the sea monsters. You can see through them, but it's almost too realistic for me to be like, what is this? What is going on? It's just Sasha Baron Cohen going, ah, I'm just here with my kid, with my nephew, Luca. Oh, boy. (laughs) I think he's dead. Pooh. Oh, I'm back. (laughs) Folks. These are great um, movies. I love Little Mermaid and Luca. Yeah, they're, they're great. They're really great. Um, they're a lot of fun, and I, I think they got some really good 4Ks. I, I like the 4Ks um, on these movies. You know, genuinely, genuinely, like, um, in regards to Pixar, like, because Disney 4Ks are, like, they're getting better, but they're not, they weren't great for a long time, which is sad because, as we've said before millions of times, Disney, like, physical media is, like, top dog for the longest time. Um, so I'm glad that Pixar related stuff in recent years has all been like really really nice on 4k so like turning red luca element like watching elemental on 4k because that was the first time i ever watched it i'm like that was i kind of want to watch it after we do this (laughs) after we're done recording um that movie holy shit that movie looks amazing did you watch snow white on 4k yet i've started it but i i just need to be in the mood i think it, it's i was crying all over again dude the movie's so beautiful so just, i'm glad i'm glad that someone at disney cares about physical media again <laughs> at least someone does at least a little bit yeah. um folks uh what's your favorite recent pixar movie what's your favorite disney renaissance movie what's your favorite underwater disney movie what is, it doesn't have to be one of these could be something what else. is your feeling on joey hating me for liking 4ks over everything else <laughs> <laughs> And why do you think Luca should be a horror? Because <laughs> listen, listen, the cat is scary. The cat clearly, <laughs> the cat doesn't who looks like, like Nick Offerman <laughs> doesn't like anybody. This is the wrong way to eat pesto. <laughs> this is the exact way we should be eating pesto <laughs> using a dingle hopper. Why anyone would use a fork is beyond me. <laughs> you want a thing with Bob? Because the guy I know has got 20. But who cares? No big deal. It's no big deal. If... They want more, my point being. Out of the sea. Wish I could be part of your world. And with that, <laughs> you poor unfortunate souls, we wrap our episode of Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Check us out next time. Silencio Bruno and have a good night everyone thank you all for listening to two dudes one double feature please follow us on instagram facebook and twitter special shout out as always to john and kenny armstrong thank you guys for everything you do we love you both so much and of course stay tuned for a brand new episode of two dudes one double feature
Nice.